Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, here we go. Brand new Flyers Daily for Friday, August 26th. Only one more episode, I believe. Next Monday will be our last episode of the month of August. And it'll be a Bill Meltzer episode on Monday as well. Now, in this episode, I'm trying to figure out who stands to benefit the most from this new coaching staff. John Tortorella, Rocky Thompson, and Brad Shaw. Which player on the team stands to gain the most by this coaching staff? And you can look up and down the lineup. You can look at a guy like Ivan Provorov and look at the way that D played in Columbus for John Tortorella with guys like Seth Jones and Zach Warinsky. You could look at Travis Sanheim in that regard as well, coming off his best season as an NHL player. You could look up front at young guys like Joel Farabee when he gets healthy, Travis Konechny getting back on a trajectory that is much more positive, and players like Kevin Hayes, who Torts has talked about and said he thinks there's more there when it comes to a player like Kevin Hayes, or even Sean Couturier, who is returning from back surgery. Ryan Ellis, who knows? Uh, But which player kind of stands to gain the most? And the one I've come up with is kind of the obvious one, at least for me. And you guys know I love talking about goaltending. And I think the most obvious answer is Carter Hart. Now, Carter's had a very interesting career. He was called up, some would say early, in his NHL or in his pro career. Ended up coming up in the 18-19 season. We remember that after uh, Ron Hextall was let go early in that season. Some thought... He was let go because he wouldn't call Carter Hart up. I don't think that's the case. But Carter Hart, in that first year in the NHL, the 18-19 season, at 20 years of age, very early, very rarely do you see goaltenders playing in the league at uh, 20 years of age. 31 games played, 30 starts, a record of 16-13-1, and and a uh, goals against average of 2.83 and a save percentage of 9.17. Then in his second year, 43 games played, a record of... 24-13-3. 24-13-3. and three. Of course, this is year one of AV. And he had a save percentage of 9-14 and a 2-4-2 goals against average. Also made it, obviously, to the playoffs in the bubble and performed very well there. Then in the 2021 season, we know things went insanely sideways in that month of March, not only with the team but with Carter as well. He had a record of 9-11-5 on the year and 8-77 goals against that or save percentage and a 3.67 goals against average. And then last season, in another very tough season for a goaltender, he played in 44 games, a record of 13.24 and 7, a 9.05 save percentage, and a 3.16 goals against average. So will the real Carter Hart please stand up? Now, what are the differences in those teams? The first two years where he had some pretty good success, they had good defensive structure, and they had a good decor. And they played well in their defensive zone as a five-man unit. In those subsequent two years, 2021 and 21-22, that certainly wasn't the case. And we saw that firsthand the last two seasons and the frustrations there of it. Um, Carter bounced back, I thought, from the 2021 season. And all things considered, all the injuries, what he had in front of him last year, and all of the, the chaos on and off the ice, I thought he handled it pretty well last year and had a pretty good bounce back season. Although you look at the numbers of a 905 save per, or um, save percentage and a 316 goals against average, and they're not gaudy by any stretch of the imagination. 
But why does he stand to gain the most from a John Tortorella coach team with Brad Shaw and Rocky Thompson? Well, Tortorella, we know, is a guy that is very demanding, is very team first, and doing the little things in the game right that it takes to win. It's, again, that notion of do you want to score or do you want to win? And winning hockey is unselfish hockey, and winning hockey starts at your own goal line. And that's a big belief of John Tortorella's. He doesn't want to stifle. These are his words. He didn't want to stifle talented hockey players offensively, but you have to do the right things defensively. And that's not up for debate. And that's something that no matter who you are, at what point in your career, how much you make, or what you've done or what you're about to do, doesn't matter. Those things are non-negotiables in John Tortorella's book. So I went back and I did a little bit of research, and I wanted to go back to when he took over with the New York Rangers. We know he won a cup in Tampa, and he had great talent there. So I wanted to go go back to when he took over with the New York Rangers and his first full season there back in the 08-09 season, through his tenure there, through his time one year in Vancouver, and then the subsequent uh, tenure in Columbus, and look at two things in particular, which I think are real important numbers when it comes to determining how good defensively they can be and why Carter Hart stands to gain the most out of this hiring of this coaching staff. And the two things I want to look at are goals against per games played, where they rank and what the number was, and then also shots on goal. Now, you guys all know that shots on goal for me is a very subjective term. More shots doesn't mean better scoring chances. You know, not every shot is created equal. But when you look at volume, you can sometimes tell just a team's structure for the most part in that. Now, caveat, of course, you have to look at the goaltenders that he had as well, John Tortorella, and he had some really good ones. I mean, Henrik Lundqvist in New York did have his best stretch of years under John Tortorella. Now, Torts was in New York from the years 08-09 all the way through the 12-13 season. In that period of time, Henrik Lundqvist put up his five best save percentage seasons. In 08-09, he had a 9-16. Then he had a 9-21, a 9-23, a 9-30 in the 11-12 season, 9-26 the following year, and a 9-20 in torts last year. Clearly, his best years and best save percentage. Was he a great goalie? Absolutely. Did the improved environment and good defensive zone structure help him? Absolutely. <laughs> and then you look at, obviously, Torts for the one year in Vancouver, the 13-14 season, he had a guy named Roberto Luongo, who's also a Hall of Famer. Luongo, great goaltender as well, had a good year. And then you look at what he had uh, in the beginning in Columbus. I mean, his first year in Columbus, 15-16, it was Corpusalo, Bobrovsky, and Curtis McElhaney even got into about 18 games that season. And Bob had a pretty good year, a 908 save percentage. Uh, Corpusalo that year, a 920 save percentage in 31 games played. So good goaltending, not spectacular. Bob won a couple of Vesnas, of course, and uh, has turned out to be a great regular season goaltender. But here are the numbers. So 0809 with the New York Rangers, they were sixth in the NHL at allowing the few, fewest goals at 2.59 per game. They allowed. The second most shots per game that season, though, at 33.5. The 9-10 season, they allowed the 10th fewest goals per game at 2.61, and were right in the middle, basically, in the NHL, 16th in the NHL, and allowing 29.9 shots per game. The 10-11 season, 
They were fifth in fifth least goals allowed per game, 2.38, and the best, 10th best, at 29.4 at shot suppression. 11-12, 2.22 goals per game allowed. That was third in the NHL, third best. Sixth best, 27.8 shots allowed per game. Then the 12-13 season, by the way, that 2011-12 season was also the year that Henrik Lundqvist had the 9.30 save percentage, the best of his career. 12-13, uh, they were fourth in the NHL, allowing 2.25 goals per game, 10th in the NHL at 28.2 shots allowed. His tenure in New York ends. He goes to Vancouver for the one season. It's the 13-14 season. They're 14th in the NHL at allowing two or 2.63 goals allowed per game, and they're 7th in the NHL in shot suppression at 28.4. Has the year off after things blow up in Vancouver. He heads to Columbus. 15-16 season, like I mentioned, you had Sergei Bobrovsky and Jonas Corposalo basically carrying you the mail that season. They were 29th in the NHL in goals allowed per game at 3.02. And then 27th in the NHL at shot suppression at 31.1. 16-17 season, they go from 29th in the league goals against per game to number two. 2.35 goals per game. They're shaving off uh, well more than a half a goal per game here. So you're looking at 45 goals probably year to year. 17th in the NHL shot suppression at 30.4. 10th in the league in 17-18 at 2.76 goals per game. 11th in shot suppression at 31.3. It's pretty odd that in that first year in Columbus, 31.1 shots per game was 27th in the league. And then 31.3, actually more shots allowed per game, was 11th in the NHL. This is the NHL changing and teams figuring out the east-west pass and getting more pucks to the net. 18-19, 11th in the NHL at 2.82, 7th. In shot suppression at 29.5, 19-20 season, his last full year, 2.61 goals per game, third in the NHL, and a 29.9 shot suppression that was seventh in the NHL. So, again, this is, it's not necessarily about the least amount of shots. And if you go back to the year that the Flyers, 19-20 season, Elaine Vino's first year, Carter Hart's second year in the NHL, when Carter put up uh, a 9.14 save percentage in 43 games and a 2.42 goals against average, the Flyers actually that season were the stingiest team in allowing shots on goal. They allowed the least amount of shots on goal per game. They were seventh in goals allowed per game that season. They were also seventh in goals for per game that season. So, again, looking at this, of all the players that can benefit the most, the good news is the player that can benefit the most or the position that can benefit the most is the goaltending position which, ironically, is the most consequential position in the game. Getting Carter Hart better environment, better structure, better defensive zone coverage around him is the first step to going forward as a franchise. Maybe not the first step. Maybe the first step is culture. And I know Torts has talked about that. He talked about that with me when we did, we did that sit-down. That he's going to attack that culture thing. He's going to attack that locker room right away. You know, culture is one of those things in sports that takes forever to build. Because it has to happen organically. And the Flyers' culture was built over years and years and years. But it's something, while it takes a long time to build, it's something that can be torn down very quickly. The question is, how fast can you rebuild it? That's the answer I don't know. It took a long time 
for the culture of this team from its inception in 67 to the cup years to some of those great teams in the 80s, a rebuild in the late 80s and the 90s with Lindros and then a recoil with a team that will go to the Stanley Cup final in 97, teams that will go to a couple conference finals in the early 2000s, a team that went to the cup final in 2010. But that culture needs to be rebuilt now. How long does it take to rebuild a culture? Is rebuilding a culture the same process of building a culture from the ground up? Probably not. It's not going to take 30 years. But they got to get that culture back in place. It's one of the things I'm fascinated by. I've used the term that the team overcorrected the steering wheel to the new NHL from their old DNA, where they were the Broad Street bullies and we'll work rough, tough, and we'll beat you up and it's Philadelphia, blah, blah, blah. But eventually, you know, the league, the NHL, had had this, you know, it it's matured and it has evolved. And when the Flyers decided to to move away from that maybe that broad street bully mentality, recently they kind of overcorrected the steering wheel and went for none of that. And you still have to have some of that toughness and grit and guys that work hard and guys with character and this offseason, I think they're trying to address that. Did they? I don't know. I don't know if they did or not. We'll see if it works. But again, culture building takes a long time, but you can tear it down very quickly. And that is something that Torts is going to kind of hit on right away. That's maybe the number one thing. The first job at hand here is to get the culture pointing in the right direction and make it a situation where it's not up for debate. And look, we know that Torts doesn't do anything that's up for debate. His beliefs are his beliefs, and it's fall in line or fall out of the lineup. But we'll see if they can get the culture thing straightened out. But the next order of business is getting that D zone figured out and let your goaltending lead the way. You can't build a hockey team around goaltending because the goalie doesn't really play with anybody else on the, on the ice. They have a team in front of them. It's not like building a line or building around a star player or anything like that. It's a little different, but it's absolutely necessary for them to move forward to build with a solid structure, system, and solid goaltending as a result. So we'll see if Carter Hart is the, the, bet, the, the one that will benefit the most from the addition of John Tortorella, Bradshaw, and his coaching staff. We'll find out in due time. Everybody enjoy this last weekend of August. We'll talk to you Monday with Bill Meltzer on another brand new edition of Flyers Daily. Have a great weekend. Walk away. I walk.